Hi everyone, before we get started, we wanted to let you know that we recorded most of our Luke Cage rewinds before the resurgence in Black Lives Matter protests after the killings of George Floyd and countless others. As you probably know, the Luke Cage series goes deep into the kinds of racism faced by Black people every day. As hosts who are not Black, we have not covered it as well as we should have, but we are trying to get better. We stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Movement, so our non-discussion of the issue in these episodes comes from uh, recording before the tragedies and not ignoring the issues. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and runs for your life while bleeding out for every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Al Rodriguez. And before we begin, please give us a follow on MCU underscore Rewind on Twitter. And uh, give us a five-star rating on podcast app. Um, yeah, no, no fours, no threes, no twos, no ones, but definitely a five. All right. In this episode, we are covering Luke Cage, Season 1, Episode 6, Gentlemen Require... Um, damn it, I had something clever. Seconds <laughs> need bodyguards. <laughs> oh, um, Gentlemen Require Professional Protection, or Seconds Need Bodyguards. Original air date, September 30th, 2016. <laughs> Alright, and here's a quick rundown of what happens in the episode. Councilwoman Dillard spends the episode being interviewed. Why she decided to do that right after the Christmas Attics uh, building attack happened, nobody knows. Instead of answering questions, she decides to attack the interview. Er, because that always helps. Scarf tries to extort some more money out of Cottonmouth, ends up getting shot. After disappearing, the police start looking for Scarf. Misty Knight spends the day working with another officer while trying to find Scarf. Eventually, she figures out he works for Cottonmouth and arrests him. The series of unfortunate events continues for Claire when she meets up with Luke Cage. Their first outing together, and they have to patch up Scarf, who admits to everything he's done for Cottonmouth, including killing Chico. Scarf makes a deal with Luke Cage to help bring Cottonmouth down. While Luke and Claire are taking Scarf to the New York Police Headquarters, they're found and stopped by Cottonmouth's goons. They have to walk the last few blocks on foot. Scarf dies along the way. Misty Knight arrests Cottonmouth. Now that things are all wrapped up and the season is over, Luke tells Claire he's done trying to be a hero. Exactly one minute. Good job. (laughs) All right. Yeah, it really does feel like this is the end of the season. Yeah. (laughs) Like and we're what is this, episode six of what was it twelve thirteen thirteen mm-hmm okay uh, yeah. thirteen yes all right then, then yeah yeah all right um all right let's go into some fast facts on your left uh huh on my left got it nothing goes over my head my reflexes are too fast I would catch it you didn't see that coming. I forgot to just grab a random fact from the internet, so I have nothing. You can't even think of a random fact? Um, Pressure's on. Ah, great. Take no. no. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, when, when you're put on the spot, no, it's harder. Uh, uh, male seahorses are the ones that carry their young to term instead of females. 
I don't I don't even remember if I remember that right. No, I, uh, they do. The eggs okay. get transferred from the female to the male. Okay. I feel like we've discussed that, though, on these yeah. podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we probably have. <laughs> okay, well, uh, my fast facts actually have to do with the episode. Oh, that's cool. And I wrote them down ahead of time. <laughs> All right. Um, just like every other uh, episode in this season, this is from a Gangstar album. The album Hard to Earn. And also, another thing connecting the title, this episode refers to the suckers who need bodyguards in this episode. Um, we hear some Trish talk. Uh, did Trish... Did Trish ever meet Luke in Jessica Jones? I don't think so. She might know of him, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they know of each other. Or at least she knows of him with uh, Jessica sleeping with him for most of the season. Most of? I thought it was only like a few times. Well, she slept with him more than any other person she slept with in the first season. <laughs> <laughs> that That's true. I, I don't know if that's a good metric to go off of, but okay. <laughs> I'm just, I actually can't remember if she slept with anyone else in the first season. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, okay. But... Anyway. <laughs> um let's see we get a reference to uh fisk at the end when uh cornell has been arrested um and then uh I, we've got a superhero landing the first time in a while uh we've got superhero landing number 69 when uh luke jumps out of uh scarf's window when he's escaping misty and stuff all right, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about that being superhero lighting, but you're right. We do, we do see it. We, we get some oomph to it, right? We see mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Okay, yep, and I, right. I have one note for superhero landing number sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um. All right. Moving on to our hero. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. Like, a for-real superhero, which is, I'm not, like, a groupie stalker type. I'm Luke Cage. You can't burn me, you can't blast me, and you definitely can't break me. I am Harlem, and Harlem is me. Uh, where do you want to start, man? Um, oh, God, all of my notes for him are, like, the middle of the episode. So if you have anything earlier, we can start there. But otherwise, I'm good starting halfway through. Um... I don't know when these things happen, so I'm just going to start with my first note, and hopefully it's early. Okay. Um, him having breakfast with uh, Bobby Fish. Uh, Bobby wants him to wear a mask and take money to actually become a hero for hire, which uh-huh. Luke is against, because, like, we talked about this a lot last week. Um, that's no different than what um, uh, Cornell's enforcers are doing. I mean, I guess, um, except for the part where they're actively attacking people. I, I I don't think Luke Cage would like go up to someone, break their window and say, hey, it sucks that that happened, huh? Maybe you should pay people to make sure that doesn't happen. Like, I don't think he's going to do that part. It's, it's true. It's so it's a little like a, better. Yeah, I would imagine it's more of like a retaliation kind of thing. Like, like, hey, this thing happened. Can you go... Make sure it doesn't happen again? Like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll try. Yeah, but it's just like, 
Hey, I saved you. You didn't pay me. Would I really save you again? It's a slippery slope. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what what note do you have for the middle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he decides to not kill Scarf. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he you know he gets back to the to Pop's barbershop and Scarf is there and Scarf is telling him everything like yeah also I killed Chico and all this stuff and uh, he really he really thought about it he he had to to like stop himself but uh, you know good on him for for not doing that but, yeah mm-hmm. um we don't know why he went to prison do we uh no we all we know. Uh, from what they've said so far is that he was set up okay so he probably hasn't killed anybody right yeah i mean as far as we know yeah he he's his hands are clean on that regard um, yeah, i feel like i've used this joke before but how does he know that's bad to kill somebody unless he's killed somebody <laughs> you, you have used that before um <laughs> but it's a... true every time <laughs> oh god that's so horrible logic um yeah uh <laughs> i i guess he doesn't know it's bad he he has an assumption but he doesn't really know for sure yeah uh, i mean i i know it's bad because i live in a society where i know what's frowned upon by a majority of people mm-hmm. yeah uh you know and, and this is something that that people talk about in tv shows and movies you know other media uh, so, mm-hmm. so you see the the pros and cons of it, right? There's a lot yeah. of cons. It's it's pretty bad to to happen. It's true. All right, yeah. Um, the re- one of the reasons I wrote down, and I might be wrong. The only reason he uh, he doesn't kill Scarf is because he has evidence on Cottonmouth, and also because killing is wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's he Luke uh, definitely wants to bring Cottonmouth down, mm. and yeah, Scarf can help him. So, hey, enemy of my enemy, right? Yeah, I mean, this goes back to his talk last uh, episode with Misty, saying the police don't do anything because there's always a plea bargain, there's always a deal to be made. But you've got the guy who killed Chico, and you're making a deal with him, which is essentially a plea bargain. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's exactly exactly the thing he was complaining about. Yeah. But it's so. different because he's going for the person at the top. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say it's different because Luke's doing it. I mean, yeah, so that's basically where I was going with that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he goes to uh, Scarf's apartment. Um, and he is not being subtle. He breaks <laughs> two doors. Oh, yeah, like break them really bad um you know some people kind of rely on having that lock on on the outside like and and we don't even know how expensive that is to fix right it probably has to be completely replaced Mm -hmm. uh it'll be like that at a minimum for i'm sure a couple of days that that was a little unnecessary yeah and he had scarf with him why didn't he just borrow scarf's keys yeah or maybe there's a code they have to enter to get in uh if it's not a key I'm, i'm not sure but like yeah something he he could have gotten something because scarf had to tell him everything like yeah you're gonna get into the apartment this is the address and the unit number mm-hmm. um you're gonna look for a false floorboard in the 
bedroom or something. I don't remember what the instructions were. Mm -hmm. So clearly, Scarf was giving him some instructions. Yeah, I don't think uh, Scarf told him about the false floorboard, did he? Because he seemed surprised when he stepped on it and it creaked. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so maybe, like, did Scarf just say, go to my apartment? Because like, he, I mean, he has to have given Luke his address and unit number, right? Mm-hmm. So it, did he Did he just pass out after that? I mean, he, he might have. He was in a lot of pain, bleeding out, and just had a bullet removed without any uh, painkillers. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I guess there's that. Or Luke just was like, okay, got it. I have your address. Thanks. I'll go find it myself. And yeah. He's just not thinking ahead at all. I I don't know. Scarf doesn't seem to be a guy who thinks ahead very often. Um, hence, why he got shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you want to just move on to the chase? Uh, yeah, let's let's go to that. All right. My big thing is like, yeah, they chase through the streets of New York, which isn't practical because of how the traffic of New York, if anyone's ever been to New York. Uh, but um, once they find out a hidden space, Luke busts through the brick wall and the side of the van. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was a little surprised by the, the van. Because like, okay, the brick wall, I can understand, you know, punching that, that makes sense. Like you hit a spot and you can kind of just like keep hitting other spots around it. The van, like, like did he like he he must have been like ripping at that metal for a little while, right? Well, I mean, you punch it like Luke Cage punches it hard enough to bust a hole in it, and then you just use your super strength to tear it away, right? Okay, yeah, I guess I guess you're right. I guess that it's works. Like, it's like cardboard to him, mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah. Okay. Um. don't I don't understand these henchmen of any superhero movie or show (laughs) who go after him knowing full well who they're chasing after don't you realize that Luke Cage is protecting this guy and you're screwed (laughs) yeah exactly right I mean we, we keep talking about like when you know someone has a certain set of powers just give up Right, like, like especially if the only way that you know how to kill someone is with a gun or a knife, and this person is completely impervious to a gun and or a knife, mm-hmm. like, just, just give up on that one. I mean, just just move on. Find another job. Yeah, you, you can do the same Leave line of work. Just yeah, yeah. Exactly. You. You realize that if Scarf escapes, Cornell is going to prison, and then you can just find a new job. You don't have to worry about retaliation from him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That works out. But no, people have to be stupid. They have to think that they're the one that can shoot the person with impenetrable skin. Yeah. <sighs> um. Did you notice uh, Luke's new superpower that we haven't talked about? Yes, I was going to mention that here too. I had a whole note. Uh, All right, if you want to go ahead. Yeah. Um. His super speed. <laughs> oh, I had a different power. What are you talking oh. about? Super speed. Um. When, 
uh, he goes from blocking the door frame to suddenly running out and blocking the uh, Claire and Scar from getting hit by the car. That's way too quick for a regular <laughs> speeded person. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Um, the power that I wrote down was that he is now immovable because he's he got hit by the car and he didn't move and the, the car just like broke around him. Yeah, I mean, if he were that strong... Don't you think the shotgun from the end of Jessica Jones not would not have affected him as much? Yeah, exactly. Like th- that's kind of why I kept complaining about the the whole shotgun stuff in Jessica Jones because we kind of see how much he takes throughout his two seasons of a TV show. Um, yeah, and I don't remember at all how much he actually takes, um, but. I do remember he was hit by a car and had like no issues whatsoever. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to chalk it up to the power is evolving and he's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah. I mean, that happens to the X-Men, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens to everyone, like every character, every main character in a, in media, right? Like, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Tony Stark started as a really smart guy and then he's solving time travel in an evening that that's a pretty big um a pretty big leap of of intelligence right like leveling up yeah yeah i mean he also before that he established like was it nanoparticles to make his suit nanites at least yeah. and mm-hmm. then also fixed a spaceship i mean with nebula's help but those are levels that, you know, add five years on the bat. I could see him figuring out time travel. I think intelligence is, if you want to use intel- consider intelligence a power, I can understand that leveling up. But it's been a couple what, months since Luke got shotgunned and then he became uh, un- or unmovable not unstoppable <laughs> unmovable mm-hmm. yeah um i would compare that more to captain america captain maybe it's just i'm thinking of strength but cap when he gets thrown out of a building by chitari or by um knocked down by ultron but then later he can stop an entire helicopter from moving by himself yeah, yeah, that probably would have been a much better better example for this. Um, yeah, because yeah, we we definitely see every movie that Captain America is in, like he's always stronger, faster, etc. than the movie he was in before, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably the, the same with him. So I'm, I always have to like make something up um, in my mind to just say, yeah, all right, fine, that's how that works now. Uh, my assumption is because we know that the powers. That or the the machine that gave Luke his powers was meant to heal people. Um, my assumption is after getting hit with a shotgun and he was hurt, the power was or the the whatever's in his body was like, oh, I guess we have to be stronger and heal you more. So we're gonna make you more impenetrable skin or whatever. And also, so, so he he's doomsday. Yes. <laughs> you just keep coming back stronger and stronger. Yeah, exactly. One day he'll fight the Hulk. And, I mean, he'll be completely messed up because the Hulk will, will win. But a month later, when he's feeling better, he'll fight the Hulk again and he'll be able to take him on. Yeah. Makes sense. 
At least yeah. in comic book logic. Yeah, exactly. He should have been helping fight um, uh, Thanos. He should, well, yeah. I 100% agree that <laughs> all the Defenders should be helping fight Thanos. Except for I, I would understand if Jessica Jones didn't show up. Because, yeah. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, rest she, of them should show. Because she can't, she, she can't dodge things. Like she, she's just, just strength. That's it. Like, all right. Yeah. It's strange that she's actually the weakest of them, because she's the only untrained one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the alcohol right. doesn't help. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Does not help with the training. Um. All right. Uh, the last thing I have for Luke is um. When Cornell gets arrested, he's ready to move on. And then Claire convinces him to stay. Which is smart, because they're only halfway through the season. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm done. We, we, we've solved the, the main problem, and I can go on with, with my life. Which, you know, we know as an audience, okay, there's seven more episodes left in the season. Um, but nor- in normal real life, you're like... Yeah, there's probably going to be some blowback a little bit from this, but, you know, we're good. It's all actually Mm -hmm. over. Yay. Yeah. I mean, come on. How happy, how good a season would we have considered this if this was the first season? (laughs) Hmm. Not well, because it didn't, like, have a... um, I mean, it would have been entertaining, um, but I I, got to say, I, I feel like it didn't end on like the like the climactic ending kind of thing like that you would want from a season finale like this would have been an okay season finale the rest of the season would have been good but the but the finale i don't think would have been that strong yeah you you want to see luke go up against what uh, cornell yeah exactly okay basically well, we'll another another scene like when he was at the christmas attics building yeah all right I, I can see that. I feel like this is a really good story. Maybe, maybe if yeah. they just ended Cornell here, and then well, I don't know. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll right. we'll like at the end of episode thirteen, we'll figure out where they went wrong. That sounds good. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm ready to move on to the villains. If you are. Yeah. Same here. Let's do it. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. What about turning the other cheek? Jesus saves. I don't. Who you, um, let's start with Scarf. Who, okay. like... Because he's like on the borderline between villain and he's being protected because he's trying to rat out the person he did. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How stupid is Scarf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to bring that up too. For just all of a sudden asking for a lot more money. Um, I don't know. I mean, really stupid, I guess, is probably the, the best answer. Um, yeah. Why? I mean, he's, he thinks... Cornell's on the back foot, which he is. He's like he's been beat a little bit by Luke. Um, he's getting squeezed by Diamondback, but he's still just one guy. Yeah, he's a cop, but he's still just one guy. He can't really be squeezing Cornell for this money. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, so we didn't talk about this last week, um, but last week Cornell sent Scarf a text and said, "Hey, uh, do you have the the stuff? Right, the 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 stuff that Scarf was giving him at the beginning of this episode." And Scarf just doesn't respond. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I didn't rewind it like I wanted to uh, or meant to, um, but it, it kind of felt like scarf was reconsidering doing this work for him and i kind of mm-hmm. wonder if instead at the beginning of this episode when he asks for more money that was scarf just saying like you know what if i take this much money from him i'm good i can just leave and not be caught anymore for being a dirty cop maybe <laughs> okay <laughs> i don't know i mean especially since we get a little bit of his backstory about like his son being killed in uh by an unsecured gun mm-hmm. stuff like that I don't know if the money is going to make Scarf happy. <laughs> so, uh, at what I, point... I wasn't thinking happy, just yeah. not have to do this job anymore. Like he he can be out. Oh, like just he, like he just move just to, to Milwaukee or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's far enough, right? <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. It's not New York, so yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, it's like the guy from Daredevil season two. He could. He should have just left New York, and he would have been fine. But no, he could have left freaking Hell's Kitchen, and would have been fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, that's all I really have for a scarf. We talked about a lot about him in the Luke Cage section. The other notes I had, we already talked about. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, who you want to talk about next? I got Mariah and Cornell. Unless you have uh, anyone else too. Let's let's talk about uh Mariah. All right. Um she says the same thing I think we talked about uh last week. She tells Cornell to steal the um to sell the club and get rid of his stopping stupid about his pride. Yeah, she she's smart. She's like, "Hey, th- this is what needs to happen to like make it out of this situation, okay?" And mm-hmm. he has no interest in listening to her yeah also talking about how smart she is um she points out that there are other ways to kill people than shooting them yes she immediately starts going down a list drowning (laughs) poison all of that she doesn't mention a gun at all no she mentions fire which i don't think would work but the other two definitely yeah uh well depends on how much fire i mean if you start burning all the oxygen around you're basically suffocating him true that's true. But I feel like that's a lot more work than poisoning him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. If you can just yeah. get him to ingest enough poison. Yeah. yeah I think to, to um, Cottonmouth, he's like, real men use guns. And don't want to hear anything about that. Uh, yeah. like So he instead decides to buy a super gun. Like, <laughs> like any of those other options would have been way less expensive. And probably yeah. easier to... Pull off. I guess we don't really know how hard it would have been to pull off any of those other ones, um, considering an RPG didn't work. Um, but poison, I, I feel like like yeah. there's enough poisons that exist in the MCU that that would work. Uh, pretty yeah. Quickly on them. yeah, yeah. Um, but um, talking about Cornell's pride and his kind of old school way of thinking. Traditionally, poison was seen as like a woman's. Um, a woman's weapon, which I think Cornell would be too proud to poison somebody. You want it out in the open, you want it seen, yes, I did that type of thing. 
Yeah, that's that's a good point. But I mean, come on. When someone lives through an RPG, you <laughs> just just start trying other things. You don't go with a a gun that's stronger than an RPG. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. you're trying to use a nuke, and that just doesn't work out for anyone. I think that would kill Luke. <laughs> it probably nuke would. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> nuke the Luke. <laughs> That's, that's a horrible hashtag. <laughs> okay, hashtag don't nuke Luke. All right, I like that one. We'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, do you want to move on to the interview? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that. All right. Um, I've learned from watching this and another show uh, recently, never do a live interview. That's like the worst <laughs> choice. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you're still not in control of what they show, so and there's that. But I guess you, you are on, you are less prepared. I guess, or yeah, I don't know yeah. actually. Now that I think about it, because they're no. they're just gonna show whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I mean, they kind. Of, this is what I think is they came in with an agreement of this being kind of a fluff piece, right? the way Mariah reacted. She wasn't expecting this, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, if you have it recorded, you... Mariah could somehow strong-arm them into not releasing that footage. Okay. Yeah, that that, when, that does make sense. Yeah. Maybe yeah, throw a lawyer in, at the problem, something like that. Yeah, and then when it's live, obviously it's already out there. So... Mm-hmm. In the first episode of Picard... Picard goes off on a live interview too. Picard wasn't running for anything. There was no reason for him to be live at all, <laughs> but they just did it so he could get angry. All right, yeah. it's just easier for them. I'm I'm assuming, right? I mean, recording technology is difficult, so especially in <laughs> especially in the year was it twenty four ninety nine or something like that. Okay, yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, they haven't got it right yet. <laughs> Yeah, but the whole thing is, um, which Harlem is she? That's what they say. Is she the historical Harlem she's selling? Or is she the real historical Harlem, the corrupt Harlem, the one her mother and cousin uh, represent? I don't know. Uh, like, I'm not, I'm not a scholar in this. But do we have any politicians... We probably do. Who start are from a family of crime lords? Oh, I'm sure. I am positive that happens. <laughs> has happened at least in the two hundred some odd years this country has existed. Yeah, probably most likely in um, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you you also start thinking about like how many you know political families exist and you know where. They got their start, and I don't know anything about any of them, but, you know, I'm sure at least one of the families kind of started that way, right? Um, mm -hmm. So you, I think y you've talked about um, the Godfather movies, right? Yes. You, you've said that that's basically the plot of one of the movies. They, they want someone to go go clean and legitimize uh, well, everyone. Well, it's, it's uh, the... It's the plot of the first movie is um, the Godfather wants 
uh, his his uh, second son to go clean and become a sander and stuff. But it's about how it all falls apart because of stuff that happens in the movie. I'm not spoiling Godfather. I'll spoil a movie that came out a year ago, but not a Godfather that came out almost 50 years ago. <laughs> uh, one of these days I'll actually watch that. But, um, I mean, maybe that's based on a true story in a sense. Um, you know, at least that, that someone heard that and then got the idea like, oh, that sounds cool. Let me make a movie out of that. Um, you know, like every based on a true story movie. Um so I, I'm sure that that has to have happened. Now I'm curious, like what the actual story is behind it. I, I'm just assuming it's happened. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is. I mean, I I looked up uh, politicians, family mob, and there are a lot of connections, at least that are claimed. Oh, but okay. <laughs> so at least one uh, of those has to be true. Yeah, I don't know who, uh, which of these is true, and which is not. And people just like blaming things, but anyway, uh, it, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, that's all I have for Mariah. Unless you have anything else? Nope. No, we we covered everything. I I really just wanted to point out that like when she was talking to Cornell, like, hey, this is how you kill Luke. Here's a bunch of good reasons. Like he he just did it. Listen, like ah, oh, son of a. All right, yep. <laughs> <laughs> She could have won. She could have had it, but nope. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways that uh, Cottonmouth lost in oh, this, yeah. not listening to Mariah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we'll just go on to him. He offers a bounty of $100,000 to get Scarf, which is the same amount that Scarf was trying to extort from him. <laughs> yeah, but this is okay because now he's he's angry. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been a lot better just to pay him a hundred grand. Although that's a lot of his money. Scarf doesn't realize that's a lot of his money. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's true. Well, I mean, I, Cottonmouth like could just think through that. Like, just think one step ahead. Like, all right, what if I do pay Scarf right now? Okay, I'll kill him later because obviously I don't have the money now. So I'll have to bring some guys with me later to kill him. And that's it. There you go. Now you, you keep all your money. You got your guns. Uh, figure out a way to clean up the, the body. That's it. Yeah. Or just double tap. Just shoot him again and make sure he's dead. <laughs> well, he, he tried, right? Like, he, he was trying to actually kill oh, Scarf. that's true. Yeah. Um, whatever. <laughs> eh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. I'll, I'll give Cornell those points, at least. Okay. Um, I also have a Zip disrespects him. Uh, saying like, I forgot what Zip says to him, but Cornell says something like, uh, do I really need to listen to you or I need to take your lip or something like that? And Zip says, do you have a choice? Just like, that's something that would get Zip killed if he wasn't, if Cornell wasn't in the position he is currently in. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he knows it too. <laughs> yeah. And then I have Cornell gets arrested. The end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yay. Weird season finale we've got there. Uh, any other <laughs> fill-ins you want to talk about? or that's, no. that's all of them, right? Yeah, That's all I got. All right. Well, here, let's pay some bills and read our, our note from our sponsor.
Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so start graving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the Jerry. Uh, Tony, I, I think I've asked you this before for probably another sponsor, but have you ever rented a car? Yes, I have. All right, now tell me about the car itself. Um, it was uh, well, the last time I rented a car in San Diego, it was uh, a little hatchback. It was okay. I can't even remember what kind of car it was. <laughs> it okay, great. all right, all right, but but from what I'm hearing, you got a car. You got something that'll take you from point A to point B. Yes. But what you didn't get is something that will take you to point B, even if you are being attacked. And that is where this week's sponsor comes in. That's right. We are welcoming Mama's Escape Vans. They have everything you need to make sure that you get to point B, no matter what happens. They come with false floors so that you can get out from under the van in case something happens. They come with false walls so you can get out without even opening a door. And they even come with moon roofs in case you need to get out through the top of the van. False ceilings were considered, but you don't get the awesome view we've all come to love from a moon roof. Now, what about after you get out of the van? Well, they didn't stop thinking there. They also make sure that these vehicles do not come with any form of GPS. That way, you are not tempted to put your final location into something that can be used to track you. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get a free pie with your order. Please note, Luring children into the van is a violation of your rental agreement. I didn't think I'd have to say that explicitly, but here we are. <laughs> Free pie. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With promo code MCU Rewind. Of course. Mm-hmm. Can't forget that. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to the guy in the chair. Our supporting characters. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Help people with abilities. No, 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 no! Not those three wombats. No way. It's actually women in the chair, and they're not really in chairs. They're just like walking around and stuff. So I think this is probably a misnomer. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, maybe someday we'll consider changing the the name of that that section to something a little less gender specific. But yeah. The person near the area. All right. <laughs> that doesn't sound right either. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we've got some time, I guess. All right. Uh-huh. I only have notes about Misty. <laughs> okay. I only have notes about other characters. So let's start with Misty, I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, I like I like all the scenes with her of... um finding a scarf with Perez. Uh, she gets ki- she keeps getting um, set up with dirty cops, which is <laughs> just, weird. Yeah, just bad luck. All right. Is it bad luck, or do you think the um, uh, the chief is in on it? Uh, I don't think the chief is in on it. I, I do think that Perez probably set this one up on purpose, because he's is he internal affairs, or is he something else? I don't, I don't actually know what he is. I think he might be internal affairs. Okay, got it. So, I mean, he is probably like leading the investigation, and then he's like, "Well, Misty, you're his partner. I have to find Scarf, and you would be the best person to know anything about him." So, like, 
I, I think Perez like set that one up. That really wasn't like a bad luck one. Scarf with with uh, Misty. That okay. That setup was just bad luck. Yeah, or good luck in a sense because she said that he was like always like there to help or like he basically mentored her. Mm-hmm. So at least there's that that win yeah. for her. Yeah, I mean um, it's good luck because she's like the smartest car- cop in Harlem apparently. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She she um, knows what she's doing. Yeah. She does have superpowers. She's got the super deduction, and she can slow stuff down when she looks at pictures. <laughs> or maybe, just maybe, she has super speed when she's looking at pictures, but unfortunately she's always just standing there, and no one realizes it. <laughs> uh, she's got super speed when she's not moving fast. When yeah. she's not moving. It's, it's like uh, the guy in Mystery Men who's invisible only when people aren't looking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Um. I. She is really smart when she tricks Perez into admitting that he's on Cottonmouth's payroll. Um. Pretending that uh, Scarf was on the phone, but actually re- recording their conversation. Yeah. It's. It's like. It's interesting because like she did that quickly. Like she had that in her mind. So I kind of wonder like. How long during that day was she already thinking that that might be what's going on with Perez? Or has she had to do something like that before and she just like already had a plan in her mind? I, well, I don't think she's ever had to do it before because I think she's relatively young, at least in the police department, and she never did it with Scarf. So it's probably something she's she just thought would be a good way. If, if he wasn't on Cottonmouth payroll, he would just say, well, that's BS. Keep denying it. But if he mm-hmm. was, then you have it recorded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then Perez was acting suspicious the whole time. Oh yeah. Always trying to find scarf, but then kind of wait back a little. Yeah. Yeah. And then getting mysterious texts and stuff like that. I don't know. Everyone's always getting texts. That's that one's a little unfair. But but his were mysterious. That's true. All right. Uh, that's all I have for uh, Detective Misty Knight. <laughs> all right. Uh, since we're kind of in that realm, um, I guess we did already say everything uh, about Scarf that I wanted to bring up. Um, that he had like his backstory is really sad about his son, um, and I guess that that's kind of what led him to this life of just not caring anymore. He's just, eh, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't know if this if they were. I guess we 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 never find out. But I'm curious if he was dirty cop before or after um, what happened with the son. I I bet it was after. I don't have any evidence for that, but I think it's probably. He's the type of guy who wouldn't want to disappoint his son, but once he didn't have a son, what's the point of living with any morals? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he still has a, a ton of pictures of his son around his apartment, so um, yeah, that's a good point. That works. Yeah. Uh, then the other character to bring up, uh, Claire. Um, is she still angry at Luke for leaving her at Jessica's apartment that one time? i mean i would be (laughs) oh yeah totally like she she, um like she referenced that in daredevil right like she got the the crappy shift for like a few months after that happened 
Yeah, she does. I feel maybe I don't think she is that mad at him because she would she if I were her I'd be more mad at Jessica because Luke didn't know her at all. Like, thanks for saving me, and then just leaving. Like, what's he going to do? Awkward <laughs> conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that's it. I mean, that's that's everything I had for uh, supporting characters. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's move on to our uh, final twelve percent as we're zooming through this. Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself twelve percent with credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, uh, I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? All right. I, I don't have anything. So whatever you've got. Yeah. Um, mostly the fact that the police are cowards and they're probably going to let uh, Cornell out because of the relationship to a corruption cop, corrupted cop, and a elected official and stuff like that, or someone running for a re- uh, election. Yeah i I don't know if the if if it'll be because of that. Um, well, that's what they said. Oh, okay. Because of the, the all right. Well, damn. I I genuinely don't remember. Um, I, I mean, I would believe the getting like letting him off because of the corrupted cops. I don't mm-hmm. know about the relation to uh, oh, and I keep forgetting. Uh, Tamara. Yeah, Tamara. Is she is she in Congress? What's what's her? She is r- running for city council. City council. All right, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I don't think that's enough to get him off the hook. But maybe the cops stuff because they want to keep that. You know, they want to protect themselves, kind of keep that yeah. under the, you know, under the covers, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, the chief, I think she's the chief, told Mariah or told Misty that she was going to let them off. Probably going to let them off because they don't want the headlines of like he's connected to the councilwoman and, um, and connects them to the correct cops and they don't want the bad press okay i i i this i vaguely remember this i probably should have been paying better attention uh but yeah you're right i do remember that whole conversation at the end of the episode huh Hmm. okay yeah so instead of a finale we're at the halfway point (gasps) oh yeah (laughs) i mean all right that that would have been that would have been a good good ending though. I, I gotta say, like storyline wise, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Oh well. Now now I'm just worried it's gonna drag on. Like like that always happens, right? Like oh you have a good so so many episodes and then oh, all right. And it's okay. just keep I do remember liking this season. So all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Tony. Uh, any anything else, or are you could move on and rate the episode. Yeah, let's rate the episode. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost her best defender. So we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, what? All right, Tony. How many crushed vans do you rate this episode? Um, 
I would give this four crushed vans. Uh, I liked it. Good action. Good use of Luke's powers, even if one use was questionable. <laughs> um, and I feel like, like we just said, it would be a good finale. But the fact that it's not probably knocks it down from a 4.5 to a 4. Okay. Uh, I agree with just about everything you said. Um, I would give it a three and a half. Um, just, you know, slightly less because I, I feel like some of the things were uh, uh, not as um, additive to the story. You know, like uh, the whole thing about uh, Mariah's interview, I thought was, you know, just a little bit like extra stuff that didn't really add as much to the story the immediate story in the episode you know maybe later but not now so Mm -hmm. uh but other than that you know it it was it was really good you know um yeah and i gotta say so bringing this up now um there's (laughs) there there was some line in season two of uh of luke cage where uh someone was talking about scarf and i could not at all remember anything about scarf and when we saw her earlier in this season that like oh hey and scarf is uh, a dirty cop and, and all the stuff he's working for cottonmouth i genuinely thought that was like not at all in this season i thought he was like good until maybe the very end or mm. possibly at some point in the defenders like i could not at all remember but oh okay well his whole story arc was the the first half of the season okay that explains why I don't remember him, because yeah. he died. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. All right, that's yeah. Let's wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Join us next time when we cover Luke Cage, season one, episode seven, Manifest. And remember, like I said earlier, follow us on Twitter and give us that rating. Five stars. Only five stars. And as always, this is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Luke Cage, season one, episode six. Six. Suckers need bodyguards. Signing off. Have a marvelous day. Fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the streets without their bodyguards. I hate fake MCs, they always act hard, but won't walk the streets without their bodyguards. MCs are laid out like stiffs in a morgue. Praise the Lord, you're in awe when I'm gripping my mic cord. Rhymes are ripped with swift execution. One verse could coerce your girl to prostitution. The guru. It's now the brother that you're fearing. Beware when I'm making hits with premiering. Rolling to a spot near you. Lyrics tear through. Home to your dome. You better watch your rear view.